here. Okay. Yeah, thank you so much for coming to hear our testimony. My wife, Bethany, is here. And, uh, you know, th this church has helped us to serve in India since the very beginning. I, I was sent to India in 2006, and that was right around the, when this church was just getting started, you know. So I remember coming here with Sam Miles and knocking on doors in the year, remember back in 2005, you know, when we used to plant this church, you know. So I was here in the very beginning of this church. And, um, and, and it's really because of this church has been one of the, the primary helpers of our mission so that we can live in India, <laughs> so that my wife can have a nice apartment in India, you know. Like, you know, when I, when I first went to India, I was single, right? Some of y'all remember my testimony that uh, I was a single missionary and I was living on $400 a month support. You know, when you're single, all you need is $400 a month, right? You know, I mean, in, not in America, but over there, you can live like that, right? And so when I got to India, then uh, the church here started to support me. And, uh, and then I prayed a prayer. I said, God, you know, how am I going to find a wife, right? Because who would be crazy enough to come to India, right? So Bethany came on a missions trip, and my wife is from Maine. You ever heard of Maine? She is a New England Patriots fan, you know? So, so she came all the way over to India, and we met in India, and we did a missions trip to Kathmandu, Nepal, and we were reaching several areas, and we, we got to know each other on the missions trip. And then God, you know, put us together and we were friends. And two years later, we got married. And so God sent Bethany to me and we've been living in a city called Bombay, India. And Bombay, India has 20 million people. And we start churches in the slums for the low caste, right? Imagine living in a place where people are high caste and other people are low caste, <laughs> Oh, it seems like all over the world is like that, isn't it? But in, but in India, the, India is the only place for being high caste and being low caste is a part of the religion, right? Where it says that if you're born rich, guess what? You deserve it because you must have done something good in your former reincarnated life. But if you're born poor, you deserve it. And I should not help you, right? And according to Hinduism, I should not help the poor because the poor deserve to pay for their sins that they did in the former life, right? So according to that philosophy, there's not a lot of compassion for people. And so uh, we go into those slums and try to show love to the people living in the slums and start new churches. So before I give our full testimony of, uh, of all the experiences that Bethany and I have over there, I want to ask uh, one favor, and then I'm going to show with slides. I have my clicker here. Uh, could I get a just a glass of water? I forgot to get myself a glass of water. Um, and so I'm going to open up the Bible, and I have some scriptures that I want to share with you before I share my our testimony of the mission field in India. Because you know what happens with me? Thank you so much. All right. You know what happens? I love to talk about our stories that we've seen of, of lives changed in India. And I get so excited about telling the stories, I forget to get to the Bible. <laughs> so I want to share some scripture with you first, 
And then I'm going to show some pictures and tell you some stories of the people there. So here we go. Okay. Prayer requests and how we talk about our needs. So Chris Best told me that he's teaching you right now through the book of what? The book of Ruth, right? So I, I'm not teaching the book of Ruth today, but I took one verse that you all know. Recently, he's probably taught this verse, right? Ruth chapter two. What did Ruth request, right? She said to Naomi, right? Let me go, let me now go to the field. I shall find grace. That's her basic phrase. And when I saw that phrase from Ruth, that verse in the Bible jumped out of the page at me and said, that's exactly what you need to teach today in living well, because this verse and other verses I'm going to share today, it teaches us how we should talk about our own problems and our own prayer requests and, and our needs when we talk to others. Because sometimes we get selfish or we get bitter or we get uh, complaining, or sometimes we just have a lack of faith. We start doubting and we're just overwhelmed by our problems and we pour out our problems to others in a, in a negative way. But what I like about Ruth is Ruth poured out her problems in a positive way because what problems did Ruth have? I mean, Ruth, her husband died. I mean, imagine her pain. So she loses her husband. She loses um, the Ruth and Naomi's husband gets, he dies also. So it's like all the men of the family have died and they're in a famine and, and she's a stranger. So you know the story, right? So Ruth, if Ruth was like a typical person, she would start complaining and saying, I don't know what God is like, God, why are you doing this? And, and I demand, I need to have something. And she would have demanded things or complained. But Ruth has a great statement, doesn't she? She says, number one, I want to start, I want to get to work, amen? And isn't that healing? Like this is exposing a healing statement that when you're in problems and you're in pain and your emotions are sad and you've lost everything, the best thing for you is to say, I want to get to work, right? Instead of waiting for all the things to come to you, just go to work, amen, right? Like get to work. And not only just some kind of work, but a field. And we know that because Ruth is a picture of the church and Boaz is a picture of Jesus, we know it's a picture of being a missionary, sharing the gospel when she says the word field. Every time the word field comes in the Bible, it's talking about preaching the gospel in the mission fields. So Jackson County is a mission field. Kansas City is a mission field. Missouri and Kansas, there, there's so many people here to reach. If you, if you look at where you live is a mission field. So you wake up in the morning and you say, God, I want to get to work. I'm not going to pour out my pain right now. Like God's going to deal my pain. He's going to heal my pain and deal with it eventually. But even when I have pain, even when I have loss and trauma, I'm not going to sit around and wait right? To feel better. Sometimes you have to go, not only go to work, but you have to go to a mission field to feel better, right? So what is a mission field? A place that you're just going to tell people about Jesus. So in my life, before God sent me to India, when I was in my 
high school in Kansas City, Kansas. I got saved as a teenager, and I saw my high school as a mission field, and we had a prayer meeting. We had about 10 Christians in my high school, and we used to pray every morning before school. High school used to start at 7.30 in the morning, so we would meet at 7 in the morning from Monday to Friday, and we would pray for 30 minutes. Now imagine uh, 10 uh, 16-year-old kids praying every day. Does that ever happen? It was a miracle, right? And you know what happened? This was back in the year 1988. I'm the class of 89, right? So in 1988, my my school went from 10 Christians that I knew about, and then suddenly we started leading Christ in my school. We brought him to the Bible clubs and the churches, and we saw 30, um, 30 kids get saved in my high school in one year. And they came to the prayer meeting. And at the end of the year, when I graduated, and it was Washington High School. It's the same high school that Deb Mulder went to, right? But Deb Mulder was a little bit before me. So, and there's a few other people that went to Washington High School. And so we had 40 students in our prayer meeting every morning praying. And we made the newspaper. It was like, so uh, people were shocked that, Students were praying in school before school. So I knew that when I was in high school, God called me to be a missionary. Why? Because my high school was, I was already a missionary to my high school. But then you know what happened? After I graduated high school, I didn't go to college. Some people say that was a mistake, right? I was only interested to learn the Bible. So you know what I did? I started working at Phelps Tool and Die. You guys ever heard of that? Phelps right? I mean, we used to just make machinery, you know? We used to make computers, make all kinds of stuff. So in the tool and die business, I met one other Christian who worked at Phelps. It's called Phelps Technology today. And so I said, let's start a prayer meeting in my workplace. And so every, every morning we would meet and before work would start, we used to, I used to go to work at six in the morning, Beth. I used to have to get up so early. I don't get up that early in the morning, you know? But you know what? I used to have to get up in the morning at five in the morning and go to prayer meeting at 5.30. And we would pray from 5.30 to six and then have, we would work from six in the morning until 4.30 in the afternoon, right? And it was just assembly line. It was just manual labor, machines. And there were two guys praying, me and my friend, right? And it turned into 10 people, right? See, and I was only 21 years old. I was 21, 22, 23 years old. And what I treated my job like a mission field, right? Now, how did I do that? By grace, because I, I did not have the emotions for it. I did not have the feeling or the gift for it. I just had the, the ear. I was listening to God's voice saying, go into the field. I was saying, I want to go to the field, right? And I, I would get up in the morning and say, I got to go work at Phelps Tool and Die, but let it be a mission field. So Ruth was saying, I want to I go to a mission field. So every one of y'all today, you should make it your prayer. Like when you get up in the morning, or if it's not the morning, just in a basic prayer of your whole life, you should say, God, I want to go to the field now. She says what? Now. <laughs> not, oh, in the future, I'm going to be a missionary in a mission field. I want a mission field right now, right? So because I had a mission field right now in Kansas City, then God said, well, why don't you go to India? Because I was given my money to the Indian missionaries. I was 
supporting orphans and pastors in India. And God says, stop giving your money to those Indian pastors and give your whole life to the Indian pastors and go move to India, right? And so the Indian pastors called me and they said, come on over and you be my assistant pastor and I'll be your boss. And they loved it. They said, they've, they've never had a white guy come and not want to be the boss, right? <laughs> and they, they loved it. They said, here's a white guy coming over saying, okay, you're, I'll, whatever you say, I'll do, you know, like put me to work. You're the pastor. I'm the helper, you know? So I'm helping Indian pastors. And one of the first guys I met uh, was a young guy. I started to disciple a young Indian guy named, his name is Pradeep Lima. And I, he's the pastor now where Chris Best is teaching at. So I discipled Pradeep Lima. And now later he's become a pastor. So I moved to India based on this passage of Ruth, right? Which by the way, it kind of fit my life that when I got to India, then Bethany showed up, right? Now, what did Boaz say when he saw Ruth? He said, whose damsel is this? Like, what girl? That's what I said when I saw Bethany. You know, like, she came to the field, right? And I was like, I was the Boaz, right? And I said, oh, what damsel is this, right? So that's how, that's how you know, maybe some of you are single and you're, there might be some single people here today still praying, waiting to meet that special one, right? The best place to meet them is on the mission field, right? So, but I like this. She says, I shall find grace. So did you know that you should start talking about that when you, when you have words come out of your mouth, when you share with your sister or your brother or your mother or father, and you're talking, you're getting on the phone, oh, pray for me. You should say positive things about your life. What was Ruth saying? You know, I want to go to work and it's probably going to be horrible, right? It's going to be, a, it's going to be so hard there. No, she says, I'm going to find grace there. Isn't that great for her to say a positive face statement? You should start talking like that, right? So she happened to meet Boaz there, the provision. But look at this next verse. Okay, the Apostle Paul spoke about his problems in 2 Corinthians 4, he says, we're troubled on every side, yet not distressed. We are perplexed, but not in despair. So here, see, he's teaching how, to, how we should talk, right? Instead of saying to, like coming to church and saying, pray for me, I have so many troubles. You should, you should finish your sentence saying, I have many troubles, but no stress, right? Amen? Don't you feel like that? Pastor, pray for me. I have so many. Uh, okay, Pastor, no stress, right? And suddenly, your prayer request is not as important as it was because you realize that even the troubles you have are not is no big deal, actually. <laughs> and he's saying, um, I'm persecuted, but I'm not forsaken. I'm cast down, but I'm not destroyed. I'm bearing about the in the body. I'm, the dying of the Lord Jesus is in my body so that Jesus might be manifest in my body, right? I'm going to go to the next verse. He says, uh, Paul says, I'm unknown, but I'm well known. I'm dying, but behold, we live. I'm chastened and I'm not killed. So there's a good way to talk about your life, right? How many of you people feel like that very few people know you? Like you're not very well known, right? Like everyone knows Sam Miles and Chris Best. But who knows you? Like people don't even know about you. But that's okay. Isn't that okay? Because guess what? You are what? 
well-known, aren't you? Who are you well-known by? <laughs> like God, the angels, and everyone in heaven? Like you're famous, right? <laughs> because they see that when you pray, your prayers are doing all the work. And here, like Sam Miles gets all the credit, but your prayers did the work, didn't they? Right? If you weren't praying for Sam Miles, he'd fall flat on his face, right? <laughs> if you weren't praying for Chris Best, did you guys realize who, who amongst us, I'm sure everybody could say yes, you prayed for Dr. Chris Best at least once this last week, right? You know, you know he was going on a missions trip, right? You said, oh God, Dr. Chris Best, I know he's going on a missions trip. So guess what? Did you know if you did not pray for Chris Best, he would be stuck in New Delhi in a hotel doing nothing right now. Isn't that right? That's what we heard in the update, right? That he went to New Delhi airport and uh, they had to rush him to the next plane because they were canceling one flight. And did you, had you get on the phone and persuade him not to cancel the flight or something? You had to change it. Yeah, she had to change the whole itinerary because they were canceling a thing. So um, the fact that she actually got through on the phone as an answer to prayer to change things. And then when he finally arrives, he almost missed the plane. If he missed the plane, all the ministry would, he would not be able to do any ministry. He'd just be in India enjoying a hotel, which is a waste of time, right? So what did that? Should we say glory to Chris Best? No, glory to your prayers. And that God will reward your prayers. We'll get the, when you get to heaven, you'll get the reward. And, you know, Chris Best will get the reward too, but you'll get a better reward, right? So that's how we should pray. We're, we're well known, aren't we? And then you're, how many people in here are dying? <laughs> All of us are. <laughs> but behold, you're living, right? You're, now you're dead to self. You're dying to yourself and you're living. And then how many people have been chastened? Like that means disciplined by God. <laughs> have you felt that? Oh, oh God, oh. But he didn't kill me, amen? God didn't kill you. Isn't that exciting? God's not finished with you or else he'd take you to heaven right now. And now how many people have been sorrowful yet always rejoicing? Isn't that strange that you can have sadness and joy at the same time, amen? But how do you talk about it? When you talk about your sadness, can you, you talk about joy at the same time? Or are you just consumed by your sadness, right? Sometimes it happens, right? You say, oh, pastor, pray for me. I'm so sad. And then all you can think about is sad thoughts, right? But what does Paul say? If you have Jesus, you can develop this. That yes, I am sad. I'm not denying my sadness. You, you know what some people try to do? They try to deny, say, oh, I'm not sad. I'm, everything's okay. Hey, never, never tell people, I'm fine, I'm fine, right? And you're denying that you're not fine, you're not okay. Did you know it's okay not to be okay, right? So you can say, you know what, pastor, I'm not doing very good today, but praise the Lord, I rejoice in the Lord, right? Like I'm sad, but I'm also rejoicing at the same time, right? Then what about this? I'm poor, how many people here are poor? <laughs> I mean, relatively so, some are poor, right? But compared to India, right? If you go to India, you can see that you're, you're not really poor compared to what they're going through, right? Even though you're poor, what are you doing? You're making other people rich. How can you make people rich when you got nothing, right? You're making them spiritually rich, huh? 
you you can you should everyone in here should get yourself one of those that your your business cards right you know people they're like oh here did you, can i give you my business card right you say i'm a wealth manager right i'm a i'm a i'm a promoting wealth to you one of those you know wealth advisors you know um i, I want to make you rich everyone you meet you should say hey sit can i have five minutes i want to make you rich <laughs> you know those people that they want you to sign up here like get into that pyramid program right but see ours is not a pyramid program the, the Christian life is taking that pyramid program and turning it upside down and saying, I want to, I want to serve you. I, I don't want to rule you and say, you know, let me be the Amway boss. And then you sell Amway and I get 10% of your Amway. No, I want to reverse that. I want to be underneath and say, Hey, I'm not the pyramid down. I'm the pyramid up. I'm, I want to lift you up and say, I want to make you rich, but spiritually rich, not physically rich. Amen. So that's what Paul's talking about. He's saying, I have nothing, but I'm possessing all things. How many of y'all feel that? You feel like you don't have much here in Kansas City, but you feel like everywhere you go, it belongs to you. Amen? That's how me and Bethany feel. When me and Bethany go to India, we feel that India belongs to it. Like we, we possess India, even though we don't own anything. I mean, I used to own a house. I, I used to have a bachelor pad here in Kansas City, and I used to, I, I lived in, when I was being trained to be a missionary for 11 years, I was a single guy for 11 years here in, in the church, and I had 18 different roommates in 11 years, and uh, one of my former roommates is Blake Anderson, the pastor of Mexico City, and I have another former roommate who's went to Taiwan to help Mark Heckman, and he's still, he's still in Taiwan today, and so, but I feel like even though I had to sell my house to go to India and I've never owned, I've not owned a car or a house in the last 18 years. I haven't owned anything. Right. But I felt like everywhere I go, I own it. <laughs> you ever felt like that? Like this is mine and this is mine and this is mine everywhere I go. Right. That's what Paul's saying. Right. So next one. Psalm chapter 119 is the longest chapter in the Bible. Every verse expresses how deeply thankful he is for the word of God. So I studied this chapter and I found out that Psalm 119 is giving us vocabulary words of how to express our prayers, how to express our pain, our requests, our, our enthusiasm. So I came up with this list when I was writing my notes on Psalm chapter 119, right? And you know why I love this chapter is because my prayers are boring. When I start praying, I pray the same thing over and I say, dear God, bless the missionaries. Dear God, thank you for the hands that made this food, you know? And thank you for this nutrition, amen. But you know, the Bible gives us vocabulary words that make our prayers exciting. So I wanna give you an example. We have 28 pains of the soul, 37 desperate pleas for help, and then 54. This is to obey. So everyone open up to Psalm 119, and let's check it out. So this is how to talk about yourself. Psalm 119, verse 18. And it says... 
open thou mine eyes that I may behold wondrous things out of thy law. So every time we open up the Bible, we're saying, God, show me something wonderful from this book. And what is that? That's, that, that's two things. That's one of the desperate pleas for help. Open my eyes that I might behold. So that's an enthusiastic promise to obey that I'm, I'm going to behold wondrous things. Next verse. I'm a stranger in the earth. Hide not your commandments from me. So there, that's a pain. That one of the 28 pains of the soul is I'm a stranger in the earth. I don't belong anywhere. I feel like I'm a stranger everywhere I go. That's an emotional pain. The book of Psalms gives you every emotional pain that any man will ever face. Every psychological problem is in the book of Psalms. And if you study Psalms, you can become a spiritual pharmacist. You can open a, a, a spiritual apothecary and develop medicines from the Psalms for every pain of the soul is listed in the Psalms and spiritual medicine is given for that. But if I get your commandments, he's saying, I'm desperate. One of the desperate pleas for help. Don't hide your commandment from me because sometimes I don't understand it. It's, it's like hidden and please God, don't hide it from me. I'm desperate to hear your commandments. What about the next verse, verse 20? Oh, breaks for the longing that it has unto your judgments at all times. So there again is a pain of the soul. My soul is broken. Why? Because I long, what am I longing for? Uh, I long for your judgments. I want to know you. So the word judgments is just another word for the Bible. I want to know your, your, your word, your judgments, your precepts your statutes, your ways. There's eight different words for the word of God. Next verse. You have rebuked, thou hast rebuked the proud that are cursed, which do err from thy commandments. Remove from me reproach and contempt, for I have kept thy testimonies. So reproach and contempt are one of the 28 pains of the soul. And if you keep the testimonies, that's an enthusiastic promise to obey. Verse 23, princes also did sit and speak against me, but thy servant did meditate in thy statutes. Thy testimonies also are my delight and my counselors. So that's, thy testimonies are my delight and my counselors. That's an enthusiastic promise to obey. But then in verse 25, he says, my soul cleaves to the dust, quicken me, Quicken thou me according to thy word. So when your soul is stuck to the dust, it's like you're stuck to your old nature, the old man, right? I can see Dr. Chris Best coming in right now. Is that him on the phone? He's, he is, uh, he's in the office of the Arisa Church or in his hotel, one of those two. Now, can we hear him? Is it, is, is it Zoom that he's on? Let's come on. There's Pastor Pradeep too. Yeah, there he is. Now we'll wait. There's Larry Smith. There's Dave Serta. So uh, we can get the audio working. We want to hear from him. Well, we can't? Okay. Now, 
So Scott's saying we don't have a speaker. We're going to try to get a speaker to start working. Hi, guys. Can you hear us? Testing, testing. Maybe Christine might try the phone, the audio from the phone. Wait, so just wait one minute, okay? Jesse, like can you call? I'm standing in front of the screen. There we go. Yeah, call your mom. We could on speakerphone. Use WhatsApp. Yeah. At night, yeah. It's probably 11 hours ahead or so or something like that. So what time is it here? Like almost noon? Um, or, we're trying to get on speaker yeah. where they can hear. Testing, yeah, testing. Got 10 minutes to noon right now. So Hello. Testing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's the evening there. Yeah, yeah. Are testing, we waiting on testing. the audio? We're waiting now. Let's see. Oh. So Christine testing, tried testing. to get her phone to work with the audio. Hey, that's not fair. <laughs> yeah, she'll get you on Wi-Fi. Yeah. <laughs> we'll put the microphone well the microphone only goes to the testing testing can you guys hear us there it is. There we okay Hello. we can hear you now ah hey guys hi pastor Hello from Everyone's Raya Goddard, India. They're all waving. Everyone's waving. All right. We're here with, uh, of course, Pastor Pradeep and his family. Yeah. David Serta, Larry Smith, and Jesse. We've had a full day of ministry. Yeah. Yeah, full day. Good. Yeah, tell it. What ministry did you do? You want to you want to share? We started today with a uh, service that was a church service, including a graduation from Pastor Pradeep's Bible School. He had twelve students either get certificates, diplomas, or a four-year bachelor's degree. So, okay, hey, living well. That was a four and a half hour service. Yeah. with no air conditioning so if i run late like like i'm like you shouldn't complain about that so it was a wonderful service the spirit was there the praise and worship was wonderful um and and then then we went and visited the orphanage uh, which would absolutely melt anybody's heart. It was so wonderful to see just the spirit of the Lord move and, and God at work in the lives of these beautiful children and the team that takes care of them. And so we shared uh, with that group a little bit. And then we went to Bible studies. So this evening we, we went to, to several different Bible studies. Jesse got on the back of a, of a motorcycle with Pradeep's, the pastors that he's trained up and, and uh, Christine, it was very, very, very safe, I'm sure. And <clears throat> not really, but he's safe and it was good. And, and so then we, the rest of us went to different Bible studies 
And I'll tell you what, although it's a very different culture and there's physical differences, we felt very much at home spiritually. Um, and it was just wonderful to be able to share with, with the, the church in this area and then uh, the, the Bible study and then um, and then to hear from them, get to know them and pray for them. So yeah. Pastor Pradeep has done a wonderful job building out uh, a ministry over years and years and years of just faithful investment in training training men here awesome all right praise the lord so i i know tomorrow you need prayer for tomorrow you're traveling to Kandamal and see a new church dedication so we're going to pray for that that would be wonderful that'd be wonderful <laughs> Yeah, and we we miss you all. I miss everyone there at Living Well. I uh, I wish we could all come here and be here together. That would be amazing. Uh, so next time, maybe some of you could jump in and, and come with. Yes, you can. You can talk to him about that, Doug. Okay, I'll, I'm going to invite everyone. Okay. Okay, God bless you. Um, have a good night's sleep. Okay, <laughs> all right. We're going to mute here so we won't interrupt you. <laughs> they can Thank just listen pastor. to the rest of us. Thanks so for your I'll just finish up one more verse of Psalms, and I'll show you some pictures oh. of our journeys. And But the most important thing today is we want to we close today by getting in our groups and just discussing the problems and the prayer requests that we have so that we can express faith and positive joy and grace of our future. Everyone future that God has something just on the other side of the cross for you, right? You're right now you're going through the cross, but there's a resurrection on the other side, right? So speak about it in that way, be positive. And if you have to pour out your pains, why don't you use Psalm 119 to make it a prayer? You know, the, the best way to study the, the Bible is to pray the Bible. Isn't that exciting? That Sometimes we open up the Bible, you're really sleepy when you read the Bible, huh? and you, you say, oh, God, I know I'm supposed to read the Bible. Uh, Dr. Chris Best said I should read these chapters today. And so, and then you go, and you're reading. And then you say, well, Lord, God bless the missionaries. Amen. And you go to sleep, right? But you know what happens is? If you would stop praying your prayers and start praying the Bible prayers, it would be more exciting. So why don't you make this week, all right, Psalm chapter 119, make it your prayer. Now, there's 22 prayers in Psalm 119. So that'll take you a whole month to get through that, right? 22 different days of praying. And you can pray those words and you can say, God, just like the psalmist said, my soul is cleaving and stuck. I feel stuck. Have you ever felt stuck in something? And like, you know, like the wheels, right? Like a vehicle gets stuck in the mud. That's what he's saying. My soul is cleaving to the what? To the mud, the dust, the dirt of the earth, all the filthiness of the earth. And he says, quicken me according to your word. So that's a desperate plea for help. 
Do you know what's wrong with your prayers today? You are not desperate enough, amen? And you know what's wrong with your prayers? You are not enthusiastic enough, amen? Huh? Get enthusiastic. What's the meaning of enthusiasm? Thuz is like from theos, the Greek word for God, right? So in means the entrance, right? So if you get the entrance of God, if God comes into your life, you can't help but be what? Enthusiastic, amen? But you know, the problem is you got pains, don't you? You got 28 different pains. So why don't you tell your pains to God and God will heal them and give you enthusiasm, all right? So make that your prayer. So this is the country of India. I'm just going to show you the pictures, and then we're going to break up into groups, okay? So my wife and I live in a city called Mumbai, or Bombay, right? But then we make disciples. We go into slums, and we make disciples who we sent over here. It's called Orissa, and that's where uh, Chris Bess is right here in this part of Orissa, Orissa. And so... The disciples we made when I was in Bombay and we sent them back over here to Orissa, they have started churches over here in villages and they gather all the villages together and they had Dr. Chris Best teach all the leaders and they had a graduation. How many hours was the graduation service? Four hours. Now, that's actually a typical church service. Well, see, what, what Chris Best doesn't know I've been to that same church when it's not graduation. You know how long the church service is when they're not having graduation? About three and a half hours. So they only went an extra 30 minutes for the graduation, you know. So what did Chris Best say? When he goes long in Living Well Fellowship, y'all should not complain, amen? So um, there in Arissa, right there you have... Calcutta is over on that side by Arissa. Um, there's one of them welcoming us back when we were gone for some time. We came back. And, uh, and then we have, these are some of the students that graduated that he would have been there to put their robes and gowns on for their graduation. And this is an example of our village ministry. So, that, so Chris Best said in the phone just now, he said, after the graduation, we got on motorcycles and we went to Bible studies, he called it, right? Well, this is the Bible study he's talking about. It's a village where you just simply, the people live in huts, right? And you show up with this village of huts, and what happens? The whole village comes out, and they sit on the ground, teach us something. You know why? They don't have television, amen? You know, life would be a lot different in Kansas City if nobody had television, because you could go to villages of Kansas City and people would show up to your Bible study because there's nothing else to do, amen, right? And here's one of those. This is how your son was traveling. I don't know if they gave him a helmet or not, but these guys don't wear their helmets. <laughs> um, there's Bethany with the ladies. Now, I want you to notice one thing about the ladies of India. Did you notice that the men, okay, wait, let me, uh, oh, sorry, I can't go back, can I? Okay. Is there a way to go backwards? The small button. There we go. Okay, the men, the men wear pants and a button shirt, just like I have on today, right? So the men, they have no native dress at all. They have no creativity. The men. But the ladies have what? 
creativity, amen? The, the women have culture, amen? The women have beauty, amen? It's like the men are so plain dressing, but the women have color. And this lady here in the church, so you see these, these are tattoos on her face. Okay, so we, our, our village pastors there went to her village and they led many of her villagers to Christ. But they got this testimony that before they were Christians, they, um, in that particular area, a lot of the, um, how did it go? A lot, of, a lot of the girl babies get aborted. There's abortion over there just like here, right? And so if they know that they're going to have a girl baby, they'll abort the baby, right? So what happens? There's a lot more boys than girls. So then it's hard for a boy to find a wife. In, in that area, they have arranged marriages, right? So in the Hindu culture, they have, several have no conscience about thievery. So there'll be boys from one village go to another village and kidnap girls for wives. And sometimes they'll kidnap them very young, you know? The mother, this, this particular lady's mother did when she was a young girl, she said, let me tattoo my little girl's face so that I'll make her ugly. See, if I make my daughter ugly, no boy will kidnap her. Huh? Yeah. There's no mean. It's just a, just want to do this with a, with a tattoo thing. So can you imagine the pain of this woman growing up, knowing that some of her friends got kidnapped, you know, girls being abused, and then they learn about Jesus Christ who would never abuse them and they get healed. But they, they, their testimony is written all over their face of what they've been through in their life. But see, when you go to that village, every single woman in their 20s and 30s looks like this. Every girl looks like that. Because when they were young, they had to be tattooed or they would be abducted, right? So that's why we have to give people Jesus Christ and not leave them in their culture, amen? See, some people think, oh, the, the native savage, just leave them as they are. No, they are stuck in a satanic system, whatever it is. I don't care what religion they're in, it's satanic. I'm going to finish with this story. Maybe do a couple more clicks and we'll break up. Um, we went to this. This is one of our pastors that we train, Pastor Bramantha. And then we're, we're in his village there preaching, right? My wife, my sweet wife, Bethany, she noticed in this village there was no water well, right? And she, she noticed all the ladies would take that, that uh, an empty pot of to go carry the, get the water, right? and they would have to walk for two, three kilometers down to get the water, and they would bring... Now, I don't know why the men never did that. Huh? Why is it the ladies are the ones that get the water? I don't know. Huh? So my wife said, let's call a Christian ministry that digs wells. And you know they're in Olathe, Kansas. Who live, Somebody here lives in Olathe, Kansas, right? Yeah, yeah. So in Olathe, Kansas, there's a ministry called uh, wells for life. Let's see. Here we go. Wells for life. And so Bethany got a, she called on the phone to Olathe. The guy's name is Michael Visor. He goes to Olathe Bible Church. And he gets people to don't. So the, the Campbell family, maybe they live in Olathe. They gave money 
and they said, hey, go dig a well in India. And because Bethany called, they dug one well for our pastor, and then they dug 25 more. And then our pastors had to follow where the wells are being dug, and then they preached the gospel, right? They would stand on the well and say, this well of water is given to you in the name of Jesus Christ, and you have to listen to this message. And many people became Christians because of that. So um, just conferences going on, teaching the Bible. They worship the elephant God. They worship the monkey God. And there's Pastor Pradeep in a village setting, preaching. And the Bibles that we hand out, again, giving water out and preaching the Bible. Um, People will offer uh, pineapples or chickens or eggs when it's time for the offering, right? When the offering bucket comes, they don't have any what? Cash. And they can't write a check. They don't have a visa card. So what are they going to give, right? (laughs) There's always snakes. When they would do the baptism, there's always snakes we have to watch out for. And we give uh, clothing and food to the widows. I'll go go back to the... uh, um, the, was there a, a snake in there? Oh, here. Was that, they captured it here? What? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I, I forgot about, the, I didn't, I, they didn't tell me about this picture, so. So that's Pradeep. Oh, yeah, let's see. Yeah, that's that's Pradeep right there. Yep. Um, so we give to the widows. And and this is one of our one of our widow disciples who's a, a member of the church and she preaches. So uh, we believe that women are not pastors, but we want women to preach. Amen. So these widows will stand up and preach to all the widows. You know that the widows will not listen when I preach so much, but they'll listen to her. You know. Um. So here's the widows receiving, and then these are the orphans that Dr. Chris Best got to play with these orphans today. Several of these kids have been abandoned. We like we the pastors will find kids in the village and he'll say, Who's taking care of these kids? They'll say, Nobody, you know, like kids are just wandering around with nobody taking care of them. Um, in our orphanage, playing games with them. And nice sorry that they gave Bethany. And uh, so I'm gonna finish there. That's that's them saying goodbye, right? So um, we want to break up into groups. So what I want to ask you to pray for is this, is that our churches in the slums and our churches in the villages, uh, Chris Bess is ministering to them. So let, let these disciples grow. Because, you know what the main problem is? They, they let their... And they as church, church members don't do as much. Like we, we get this... Um, because she's older her name is nashima so so nashima the widow leader she takes responsibility right but you know what the problem is in india it's the same problem all over the world most church members over there they've been through discipleship but they still let the pastor do all the work right they say oh the calling of a i'm not a pastor i can't do that the Bible. Oh, 
just pre-teach people. And you know how it goes, right? Like the church members don't have the confidence. So pray the same for them, that, that all these Indian church members, when they hear Chris Best teach this week, he'll give them a vision of confidence that they can be disciplers, not just the pastors, right? And pray for the needs. We want to have a prayer, Bethany. Yeah. The ladies cannot read. Huh? So how can you disciple somebody when you cannot read? <laughs> no, most of them don't know that a lot of the men will speak English, but the women won't. Yeah. Yeah, she is. So her name is Nashama, and she's the same one I, the woman I showed you that is preaching to the widows. So um, as you break up in your groups, pray for India and Dr. Best, and then pray for your own ministry here in Kansas City that you can go with a positive faith today and speak about your life with a positive joy, okay? So do we have normal groups we break into or just whoever you're close by, maybe the groups you've been in with the last few weeks, let's break up and pray together. Amen.